0: financial literacy training is integral to many initiatives designed to increase the rate of savings among middle and lower income households. That's from an article by a researcher at the U.S. Federal Reserve back in 2002. Financial literacy, some might be thinking it as the quest for the holy grail in terms of closing the wealth gaps in our society. I know our next guest will have some thoughts on that. Joining us once again, so delighted to have him back here on Bloomberg Business Week, is John Hope Bryant. He's founder, chairman, and CEO of the Atlanta-based global nonprofit Operation Hope created after the 92 L.A. riots. He's also chairman and chief executive officer of Bryant Group Ventures. He joins us once again on the phone from Atlanta. John, it is nice to have you back. How are you?
1: I'm good, Carol. Nice to be with you, particularly at this moment uh, in time. I think we're sitting in a historic moment, actually, and it just doesn't feel historic when you're in it. So thank you for bringing light to these important issues.
0: Well, and I want to get into financial literacy. If, if you will indulge me, because we just did this story, and I feel like I didn't do it justice, but I, I want to ask your thoughts about the English soccer team and the three black soccer players that are, are facing racist abuse after England lost. Um, are we not learning anything?
1: Well, um, we we are, but we aren't. I mean, democracy is not something you can um, subcontract or delegate either to anybody else or humanity or to successive generations. You have to keep learning and relearning these lessons. And, you know, we society has stepped away from God, stepped away from religion, stepped away from spirituality. Those things are different. Mm. And we are now beginning to step away from each other. And things are increasingly transactional. We're not re- recognizing that we're in relationship with each other. And now I think the issue increasingly is even moving Carol away from race and is going toward class mm-hmm. um, and tribalism. Um, but, you know, rainbows only follow storms. Like you cannot have a rainbow without a storm first and you can't grow without legitimate suffering. Hopefully these moments or wake up moments, which you just described, the incident you just described, mm-hmm. are the, arguably the most popular Game in the world, uh, football, they call it outside the US. Right. Soccer. We know it as soccer. Right. Um, but, you know, George Floyd yeah. was a moment that, in some ways, the universe engineered because of COVID. Black and white, rich and poor, conservative and liberal, um, rural and urban, were all sitting in front of their TV sets watching a public lynching. And I think that. It had it been communicated any other way. People would have been there to write it off or what he deserved it, or he was doing something bad, or you know something. But because we saw with our own eyes, everybody found it to be repugnant and essentially, you know, a public lynching and unacceptable. And I think that that created a, almost a social justice reckoning that's 400 years old in black amongst Black Americans here. So that horrible incident arguably created a positive environment for change um maybe this is a situation also that the world needed to see um yeah so that we can begin to realign our values so uh, you know yeah i'm actually hopeful well
0: and i know and it's why i look forward to talking with you because as you said if, if we weren't at all at home watching as you said a public lynching you know we would have been continue to be uninformed about a lot of what's going on in society. And I think, and I want to get to the heart of what you are here to talk about is financial literacy, because the last year, I think reinforced, it's not just income gaps between people, but as you said, class gaps, and it's wealth gaps, and even the opportunity to create wealth. There are clear lines, division in our society that allows some people to, to, to gather wealth and others not.
1: Yes, and it goes back, um, Carol. I, I'm trying to be pithy because I know your program uh, needs to move on to this to other important topics. But this is a you know 40 year old problem mm-hmm. because the, the whole crux of America is you work hard with your hands, you get the benefit of your labor. I mean, this is American as apple pie. But there was a group who worked very hard for 240 years hmm. <laughs> and yeah. never got paid a, a day of labor, uh, and that's African American. And essentially, it was it, we built a country for free. And it was the reverse, largest reverse transfer of wealth in American history because you couldn't create capital, you worked capital. You were bought trade, insured, uh, uh, invested, reinvested. Um, and we were working more than railroads and, and manufacturing combined in the 1840s. The first million that came out of cotton in New York City, which was, of course, what we were picking mm-hmm. for free. So you fast forward that to 1865, after the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln created a bank commended for this to teach free slaves about money call that financial literacy um he was and that connected to 40 acres of the mule a story you know very well carol right um that all happened within three months the, the, the land the mule as a reward for us working hard on the land and a bank to domicile our savings and to teach free slaves about free enterprise and capitalism and then Lincoln was killed in april so it's not like we got the memo my, the book before the one I just just came out from nothing. It's not like we got the memo on free enterprise and capitalism and economics and ownership and screwed it up, Carol. Yeah, we just never got the memo. By the way, my poor white brothers and sisters, same. And it took a hundred years, Carol, for a guy to come along to talk about money again with poor people. That was Dr. King, not a banker, not a capitalist, not a businessman or businesswoman listening to your program mm-hmm. on Bloomberg Radio, uh, a preacher about the poor people's campaign and he was assassinated the same month as abraham lincoln a hundred years later so so where are we supposed to get this memo from where we're we supposed to understand how this system works and so now you have this bifurcation of the economy essentially where where the, you know if you hang around nine broke people you'll be the the tenth <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah right right and that i mean it's just kind of staggering um but as you explain it right you know, never got the memo. Where is the memo? So you and others have been working to create financial literacy. Tell tell me about this program that you guys are doing, Financial Literacy for All Movement. Tell me about it, how it's working and how you hope to really get that memo out and make a difference.
1: Yeah. And I think the most important part about this, Carol, is it is not a program. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, financial literacy has been viewed as a brochure or a (laughs) website or or, you know, talking about, you know, compounded interest. That's not what it is at all. Um, <clears throat> what we're saying is that this is – and this, my my friend Doug McMillan, the CEO of the number one Fortune 500 company in America, Walmart, mm-hmm. is my co-chair. We're seeing a very powerful signal that this is about business. This is about the economy. You know, the economy lost $450 billion last year because of financial illiteracy. Um, discrimination against blacks alone cost the economy, according to Citigroup. Uh, $16 trillion with a T <laughs> wow. in lost GDP. Right. <laughs> yes, in the last 20 years alone. And we just knocked it off right now. You pick up a trillion dollars a year in additional revenue just by uh, letting blacks into the economy in a full and robust way, in a hand-up, not a hand-out manner. And so we would believe the color is not black or white as in race, or red or blue as in politics, but in green, the color of U.S. currency, and increasing GDP. And this fortune is a fortune. Locked at the bottom of this pyramid. So, so me and Doug McMillan got a, a range of CEOs. Uh, Bob Chapek, CEO of Disney Company. Mm-hmm. Brian Moynihan, CEO of Bank of America. Rosman Brewer, CEO of Walgreens. Ed Bastian, CEO of Delta Airlines. Roger Goodell and Adam Silver, Commissioner of the NFL and NBA. Uh, Sal Khan of Khan Academy. Tony Restford, the billionaire, owner of the Atlanta Hawks. We got those folks together to talk about five things. Leadership at the top. Make this a business issue. So embed this into your business plan, Carol. So it's not no longer just public affairs or community relations or a nice thing to do. This is like health wellness was 10 years ago. It's like the health care system was 20 years ago. This is what the right to vote was in the 1960s. It's essential to the function of, the fundamental function and functioning of an economy and a democracy. What is it? And commit to it for a year. Right. I'm sorry.
0: No, no, go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry.
1: No, no, it's not prescriptive. I know you're to say, what is it? It is is actually what it isn't. Not prescriptive. We're, for some companies like Delta Airlines, it's Coaching, Operation Hope, coaching all 80,000 of their employees in financial resiliency because they took out a billion dollars in 401k loans in 2020 alone. Um, It's it's helping Walmart employees. It's helping the employees of KKR-owned subsidiary companies. In some cases, it's banks. Uh, We just had a new group, U.S. Bank and, Truist Bank and others, First Horizon just joined, Second Dare Bank. And they're looking at how do you get more customers uh, from the bottom of the pyramid? Well, got to get the bank out of the no business, Carol, right. and back into the yes business. And we do that by raising credit scores 54 points in six months, mm-hmm. 120 points in 24 months. That just creates that's emerging markets. Like you're literally taking people um, who are struggling and you, you're pushing them into the middle class by making them bankable. And so for every company, it's different, but all the companies are finding innovative ways. BlackRock is focusing on their retirement community, which happens to be their primary business. MasterCard will be dealing with the digital economy. Um, you know, Time Magazine is involved. Nextdoor is involved. Mm-hmm. Micro, the credit scoring company, is involved. This is the, the, the group we announced two weeks ago.
0: Well, and let me just ask you because when you said that Citigroup number, um, discrimination against black blacks have cost sixteen tr- trillion dollars in GDP again after the last twenty years. If anything gets people's attention, forgive me if it sounds cold and callous, but it's often where the money. Like follow the money, That's and right. it's That's it's right. remarkable to me how long it's you know taken for this to happen and unfortunately just got about a minute left but you will come back i hope and maybe bring some of the people who are doing these specific programs because i think it's important to get it out there but in this last minute you know why is it that again it's taken these well like well-known companies to kind of jump on board especially when you see the impact socially of course but also financially
1: so companies in the tw- in the 20th century integrated the South. People don't know this. It wasn't government leaders. It was companies in the South because it was hurting their economic wallet mm-hmm. because black were, were, had the same green as whites, but were not uh, coming to their businesses anymore. Likewise, I think today they're seeing that there's not enough 55 year old college educated white men to grow the economy for the next 50 years or in the next 30 years. You need all of us. So to put it another way, Carol, my rich friends, my poor friends to do better if only to stay rich. We are all in this thing together. Mm-hmm. We, this is, now is in, is in our enlightened self-interest, and we're making a math argument. To, to quote uh, Melody Hopson of Aerial Management, the, the, we love math because it does not have an opinion. Right. So th- I think that's why it's sticking now, is that this is economic-based, and it's good for everybody. And, um, and we saw 2020 how delicate this economy really is, and it's 70% driven by consumer spending. That's you and me with too much money at the end of our money. So we have to help each other to help ourselves.
0: Agreed. Agreed. I have to say, and you always remind us that after crisis, as you say, rainbow after the storm is something that stays with us. And and I really do mean it come back let's talk more about this bring any of those ceos or executives who are doing them because there's certainly some of the folks that we we like to talk to as well as a matter of fact we're going to be talking about john rogers of ariel uh tomorrow so we will continue this conversation and john you are welcome back anytime to continue it john hope ryan thank you so much founder chairman and ceo of operation hope and as he said it's not a program it is a movement it is called the financial literacy for all movement and uh Definitely, if you missed any of that conversation, check out uh, Bloomberg.com for our podcast.